This meeting is being recorded. Hey, friends. Welcome again to the LifeScan Learning Lab edition of the Get Balanced Podcast with me, Dr. Donnie, and my good friend and co-host, Chief Todd LaDuke, also the Chief Wellness Officer for LifeScan Wellness Centers. And Todd, it's you and me today. And uh, before I really kick it over a little bit to Todd and start asking him 101 questions, but just kidding on that. Now, we're going to do a little bit of a year in review, but not just year in review, but also the upcoming trends for 2023 here. I want to get uh, Todd's advice on that because he's so well connected throughout the service. So welcome to the show, Todd. I feel like you're almost my guest right now. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's, you know, it's hard to believe we're taping this, uh, uh, on January 2nd, we're already into 2023. Um, I don't, I say this every year at this time, I don't know where the time went. Um, you know, you and I have had some fantastic uh, guests on the, the past year and, uh, um, so much, so much, just great, um, dialogue and feedback and insight. And, uh, I'm looking forward, Donnie, to, uh, to teeing it back up in 2023. I think we've, uh, we've got a lot of, uh, um, interest out there. We've already got some guests that we've reached out to, uh, with invites that are going to be phenomenal. Um, and, uh, we'll share, I know I'm teasing, uh, the listeners right now, but we'll share those with, with you a couple that we know are, um, that are coming on and, and, you know, you talked about trends. We've, we've had a lot going on over the last couple of years. We've had COVID. We've had just a lot of um, uh, challenges, pol uh, polarity. Um, so uh, we're hoping 2023 has a great year in store. But we know some of those issues are going to continue to stay with us as, a, as an industry, as a fire service. And, um, you know, it's important that we continue to talk about them because uh, that's where we find solutions, right? When we bring uh, great minds together and great wisdom, uh, we come up with, you know, different approaches and, and share best practices. And so, yeah, excited about the, I'm excited about the, our, our 2023 uh, calendar. And I know it's already filling up, but uh, we're yeah. going to have a good year with the, with the podcast. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I want to take a step. I want to ask you to take a step backwards when we talk about the year in review, Todd, because, you know, one of the things that I love um, with your guests that you've had on and, and all these great, you know, fire service people that the stories that moved me the most, and I know moves the audience the most, are when you have that guest on and they talk about how they went through life scans, physical and they caught something, they went to their doctors and they literally, it's saving people's lives. And when we look at, you know, when you hear those stories on the podcast, they are just so moving. And, and you can tell with the guests too, of, you, know, the, you know, we've had guests on to where they're talking about, the, you know, the impact of, of finding that early detection of cancer, uh, the impact on their, not just themselves, but their family, right? Their loved ones and the emotional toll that that takes. And then how the trends, of course, in the fire service of, you know, with the cancer, the cancer awareness and the, and, and the resources that are out there, all of that, it just plays such a big part. So if you would just talk a little bit about those emails that you get every now and then that just, you know, I know it, it, uh, it, it's probably one of the most favorite parts of uh, what you do over there. Yeah, for sure, Donnie. And speaking of guests and LifeScan, I, I know uh, you recently um, had the opportunity to, uh, to go through and, and have a LifeScan physical at our uh, um, Jacksonville, Florida clinic. 
Um, sounds like fortunately, uh, which is the case in, in most people, you know, God, God bless, um, you know, fortunately, uh, no life threatening or cancer or, um, but you know, in the majority of folks, um, and often we don't hear about those, right. But the majority of the folks, you know, we were talking about behavior modification and yeah. risk reduction before we started taping today. Um, you know, many, many, probably majority of the folks that go through it's, um, you know, identifying um, modifiable risk factors, um, you know, so those in, in our line of business are a little bit different, right? So um, having uh, uh, poorly controlled uh, blood pressure, um, you know, puts a firefighter and a, and a law enforcement officer at 12 times greater risk for sudden cardiac death, right? Because wow. the work that, yeah, I mean, think about it, the work that we're, we're doing, whether, yeah. you know, you're, you're a law enforcement officer, and, and I've, um, you know, I've had the opportunity to do ride-alongs with our law enforcement brothers and sisters um, as, as chief at Broward. Um, you know, that's a strenuous, you end up doing a pursuit or a, a uh, um, you know, a felony arrest or a takedown. That That is not an easy um, physical endeavor. And, and on the fire side, we all know the essential job functions, um, you know, w- whether that's performing search and rescue, stretching a charged hose line, laddering a roof. Um, are very strenuous, um, you know, and that's one of the reasons at LifeScan why, um, you know, we have that physical um, abilities portion, right, where we mm-hmm. actually look at your your metabolic capacity and your strength. But, you know, you, you talked about kind of the, I don't even want to use the word sexy because it's not the right word, but the, the critical finds, and I'll talk about that in a second, but the majority of what we find, and, you know, people often get scared, um, say, oh, my God, if I go for a life scan physical, maybe they'll find cancer. I won't but, kid you. I was nervous. I was, yeah, I had that little nervous and anxious uh, the night before and then driving up. And I was, I was, you know, it's just like, you know, this, this could change my life, you know, and things like that. But you know what? If I had something, my life was going to change whether I knew about it or not. So, you know, once I rationalized the process and and took the emotional side out and just think, let's think about this logically. If I have something, would I want it detected early? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that's a normal, you know, I don't know a lot of folks that, that, you know, uh, um, really love going to their primary care provider, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, it's an obligatory, let's face it, it's obligatory, um, you know, and I think, you know, the point I was was um, arching to is in our line of work, you know, those, those I don't want to say simple because they, they take work, right? But so controlling your blood pressure, having your blood sugar uh, well controlled, having uh, your cholesterol uh, well controlled. Um, we know um, that in 80% of our, our cardiac deaths in, in first responders, um, have an enlarged left ventricle of the heart, the left side of the heart. Um, you know, so we can screen for that. We can find it early. It's reversible with treatment. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's the majority, but, but, you know, you alluded to, um, the, the almost, I don't know if it's daily, but certainly weekly, um, phone calls, emails, reach outs, um, mm-hmm. that at LifeScan. I mean, even in my own department at Broward um, over the years, I've lost count. We're, we're at least uh, um, well past uh, a half a dozen, probably closer to a dozen 
um, early cancer finds or significant cardiac finding like an aneurysm that, you know, undetected, um, you can just be on a scene and that aneurysm um, can, can burst. It's a, a huge pipe in your body. And, you know, if it bursts, um, you become a cardiac fatality pretty quickly. So, um, you know, now, you know, we magnify that in, in all the areas that we're in, um, you know, it's, it's almost, um, like I said, if not daily, a weekly event. Um, and, and it's so rewarding. I know not just to myself, but that's why our clinical teams work so hard on the front line. That's why that's what motivates them. Um, yeah. not only those, those, um, just tremendous early detection finds where they can get intervention early, they can have a wonderful outcome, um, get back to a long, healthy career and then enjoy a, you know, a long retirement with their family and grandkids. Uh, but it's also rewarding to our clinical team. Something again, as simple, I say as simple, you know, but it's, it's, a, you know, monitoring a blood pressure. So having, you know, some, you know, identifying poorly controlled blood pressure, having a good uh, three hour period with that firefighter or law enforcement officer to talk about um, what causes high blood pressure, you know, whether that's excess weight, sedentary behavior, um, excess alcohol, excess sodium, salt intake, um, all the things patient education wise, and then, um, you know, referring them for further follow-up and, and treatment. And then when we see them the following year, you know, for our clinical teams, it's so rewarding that, you know, that patients maybe lost 10 or 15 pounds. Uh, they've increased their cardio and the blood pressure now um, is normal. And, you know, it, it may not seem like a lot, but as I mentioned, um, you just modified that first responder's sudden death risk by 12 times yeah. um, by a simple... Um, a simple, you know, uh, detection of a, of an abnormal finding and then spending a good amount of time, just, you know, patient education. Um, and, and again, I know you went, you went through that and, um, Oh, I'll tell you, I got educated. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I generally feel like I'm on top of most of this stuff, you know, but I, I, uh, I came home, I made some immediate changes, um, diet, uh, exercise, you know, sometimes you get in those ruts where it's like, I'm exercising to quote, get by, you know, get something in. Absolutely. And then, and then the outcome of mine was, Hey, you have, you know, you have a little soft plaque buildup and, and then when they go, but this is reversible with uh, diet and exercise. And I was like, all right, tell me what to do you know, all right, you need 150 minutes a week of cardio. <laughs> you need to uh, lower your saturated fat, increase your omega-3s. Very just reasonable, sensible stuff. Nothing, uh, you know, it actually motivated me to, all right, I need 150 minutes of cardio and, you know, and things like that. And, and um, it actually during the uh, break between Christmas and, and where we are today, you know, I spent time and, you know, I do, I'm a big believer in new year's resolutions. Cause actually for me, it's just my goal setting and, and my strategies and tactics of how I'm going to achieve those goals and all of that. So it's, you know, I've, I've changed what, okay. I get the walnuts in, you know, I used to be a, I'm a big nut eater. I like nuts. 
And then uh, meeting with your the nurse practitioner up in the Jacksonville Life Scan office, she goes, well, there's only one nut that really has omega-3s. You need to eat walnuts. I'm like, I like walnuts, you know, but who would have thought, right? So I was like, easy stuff, right? Just simple stuff. And then uh, I can't run five days a week because at my age, that's not a sensible thing to do. So I'll be out buying a bike this week to, you know, be able to do that. And thankfully I'm living in Florida now, I can do that. <laughs> but you know what? It's all just reasonable stuff. And, and, and the outcome of the physical was, um, I mean, I'm motivated even more now. It's like, you know, I've always had this dream of I'm going to live to be a hundred healthy, you know? And it's like, damn, shoot darn i'm I, you know i got a pathway to get there so but hey hats off to the uh the whole process though for life skin physical and um you know in and, and thankfully nothing serious that uh, was discovered you know i'm very thankful for that but i'm also very thankful for the direction that it gives it gave me and it gives so many to where you know it's like hey let's you know let's grow let's let's keep on the path of, of yeah, and I, I definitely want to give, you know, give a shout out to, uh, you know, it's a clinical team, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the nurse, they're, they're really the tip of the spare. They're on the front line, educating awareness. Um, so you saw it firsthand, um, yeah. but, you know, it's our employees that make magic happen and, you know, really are, are preventing um, tragedy on the front line. So, uh, oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, you know, and not take us off subject, just three seconds on this. Wouldn't this be great if this is the way the entire healthcare system worked for everyone? You know, prevent, prevent, prevent. Early detection, early detection, early detection. That's all we need. Not you know, all we need, but sure would be helpful. Maybe angle, you know, the outcomes are better. Um, yeah. the, the cost is uh, reduced from adopting a prevention model. But, um, you know, unfortunately, we're, we're not there yet, um, you know, but we, we know the first responders have unique, elevated, specific risks. Yeah. Um, so so maybe uh, in some small way, the example that LifeScan is providing for um, a higher risk population or subgroup population might provide, you know, a, uh, a pathway, um, you know, to be deployed for other groups as well. Oh, absolutely. Well, Todd, let me ask you about, you know, we think about LifeScan and, you know, all the wonderful things you've been doing and life saving is everything that we talked about. If you want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the trends that you're, you're thinking that, Hey, these are the up and coming trends for 2023 and, and you know, how they're, how they've sort of morphed into that and why are they the trends and so forth? Yeah, absolutely. Donnie. Um, you know, uh, I think as we shared uh, before we started taping today, uh, working on that very article uh, for fire, uh, engineering, you know, I think some of the, the trends that we've seen um, from 2022 and even before, um, we're, we're probably going to continue to have to grapple with and, and face, you know, we continue um, to see uh, recruitment and retention being a huge issue, um, you know, within, um, within public safety. Um, and in frankly, most sectors, right? It's, yeah. you know, whether you're looking at the airline industry or restaurant, uh, entertainment industry, um, and it used to be kind of pigeonholed as a volunteer fire service issue. And, you know, now, um, you know, talking to colleagues and traveling around the country, um, it's an issue that career departments are grappling with, which, um, really they've never had to face, um, you know, when, when they advertise for a vacancy, um, they had their pick of the litter, 
um, if you will. And, and yeah. now that that's an issue. So I, I see that continuing. Um, I, I see, uh, you know, supply chain issues, um, you know, continue to talk to departments that are having challenges uh, with being able to get apparatus and delivery of apparatus and delivery of services. And, and, and again, I think that in many ways is not only supply chain, but also linked to, um, you know, having employees uh, that are able to, to uh, provide those services. Um, on the health and wellness front, you know, I think we're going to see um, not just with health and wellness, but the fire service in general, um, artificial intelligence help us along with um, a connected data ecosystem. Uh, and that sounds odd, right? What the hell's a, yeah. a data ecosystem, <laughs> right? So, I, you know, I know our first, our, our U.S. fire administrator, Dr. Lori Moore Merrill, who's been a, you know, a guest and she's a dear friend for many, many years. Um, you know, has um, really a strong focus and she's been able to get uh, appropriation to put a significant amount of money behind that focus um, to help us uh, either re-engineer some of the data systems out there that are archaic um, or find the ones um, that are working and let's start linking them. So uh, whether we're talking about firefighter exposures or cancer or um, staffing levels or uh, whatever the issue is that we use um, real accurate data that can help us not only real time but for planning purposes um, make better decisions to support our communities and our first responders um, so i see that continuing um, mm -hmm. I mentioned that, you know, the health and wellness front and, and you and I um, are going to be speaking um, uh, in January uh, 2023 at uh, uh, Fire Department Safety Officers conf Conference. And I think um, not only do our firefighters want more focus on their health, um, but I think one of the trends that, that I see continuing is leaders in department and departments recognizing that there's an obligation um, just as you've heard me say it before, yeah. we would never put an apparatus on the line that had no preventative maintenance, bald tires, spongy right. brakes, no windshield wipers, um, and warning signals that don't work. Um, and I see more and more um, our focus, that conference we're at now has brought together um, not only FDUSOA, but uh, our research community will be hosting i think it's called nerd stock there that's uh dr <laughs> sarah janky's little uh, uh nomenclature but um they'll also have the first responder center of excellence which you and i have had gary kirchbaum who manages that that center um firefighter cancer support network will be there ifc board of directors will be there for safety health and survival so i see going forward um a continued focus not just on physical health i know you and i have actually been looking at and you've you sent me some some ideas about how do we even incorporate um uh, you know screening for um making sure that our our members have uh, uh a total um work-life balance and, yeah it's it, like a total holistic approach if you think about it you know it's it's about yeah it's, it's intriguing to me i know you you know you've you've uh you know floated some ideas about maybe incorporating that as part of uh the, the annual physical Mm -hmm. uh, and and what we do behavioral health screenings i think you know like you said that holistic so i i see more of a focus um 2023 going forward uh, you've heard me and i'm sure you've experienced it maybe yourself i don't know um and i'm gonna date myself here 
Um, you know, this 2023 will be, I think, 35 years for me in one fashion or another, being involved in the uh, fire service and emergency medical services. Um, if I do my, did my math correctly, I did my, uh, my EMT training up in Massachusetts in 1986. Um, you know, there would, you, you would be at a conference talking about health and wellness and you'd have one person in the room listening if, if you were lucky. Um, yeah. you know, and today I, I just see the focus, um, has, has really, um, evolved and, and I got to give credit, um, you know, folks like yourself and, um, you know, Doctor, I'm, I probably shouldn't even use names because I'm going to miss someone and, and uh, offend someone, which you know wouldn't be the first time that happens. But um, we've got to, I say it all the time. So I'll just use it in a plurality. We're blessed to have, even though it's a small network, um, a group of research community that have come together to provide their talents and passion and energies to, to examine a lot of these issues. Um, to help us better understand that, you know, more work needs to be done, whether we're talking about work-life balance or uh, mental health or cancer or cardiac or what, whatever the health and wellness issue is. So um, I, I see that as continuing to be a, a significant trend um, that will continue to, um, to continue to uh, gain steam, evolve. And, and those, you know, I think as we all are competing for um, maybe the same pool of resources, I was just reading an article today on some of the great challenges on recruiting law enforcement officers um, that, you know, if we're not putting, placing a high value on not only their mental health and their physical health, uh, their work-life balance, um, they'll go someplace that is right. So Mm -hmm. uh, we have to, we have to up our game. um, And and we, we have an obligation as fire service leaders to do that um, not just for recruitment and retaining employees, but for, um, doing the right thing. You know, we, we, have, yeah. we have a, an obligation to, you know what, again, you've heard me say, um, you know, everyone goes home has yeah. to be more than just a slogan. It has to be something that we live actively practice. Um, so those are the, I'm sure there's, there's a couple others that, you know, will, that, um, will continue to evolve. But I think those are the big ones. When I look at the, you know, uh, the radar screen, if you will, not that I have a crystal ball, but uh, I'm blessed being able to, um, you know, be on a number of national boards and talk to a lot of fire service leaders um, on what they're facing and what their challenges are. So I, I see those being the, um, the issues. I, I think automation um, is another issue that will continue to evolve. Um, I written five years ago or so, maybe even longer in fire engineering about the use of robotics um, mm-hmm. in our industry. And, and I know we've got major metro departments. LA um, is one of them uh, that deploys uh, mobile um, robotic technology with water supply. And um, so I, I see, you know, some of the technology just continuing to to evolve that makes the job safer, allows our, our commanders to make um, informed better informed situationally aware decisions on when to deploy technology drones, obviously five years ago, you know, we're, we're prognosticating today. Most of the department of, of uh, in the service has some type of drone technology to be able to help them mm-hmm. um, in situational awareness, decision-making real-time information. So I see that um, accelerating um, as well, the, the growth of, um, of um, the use of technology. Hey, um, Tata, 
couple things um, as we as we wrap this up is um, I could say I'm going to go off script, but then again, you and I don't really have a script, so it's sort of accurate and not accurate. I don't know what what you'd call that. <laughs> First one um, when you're talking about you know trends and all that, and a lot of times we we do talk about you know the United States. We talk about with Canada, you know, with the IAFF, right? You know, but what are, are there any global, are there any global best practices? Are, are we the leader in global best practices or where, where's it at? And, and I'm throwing, I'm putting you on the spot on this and I don't really, I mean, I could say I apologize, but I think you're, you can. So like I'm on the campaign trail. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what is, is, is there, are we the global leader in best practices in, in firefighting or is there, is are there is sharing that goes on, you know, between uh, other countries? You know, that that's a great question, Donnie. And, and you know, I think um, we've only scratched the surface on that. So, you know, the IFC, um, you know, has an international audience, as you point out. So does the IFF. Um, and they've run a, uh, a fellow program. So there's an exchange between uh, uh, firefighters from other parts of the country in, in embedded in American fire departments. So we learn from each other. Okay. Um, I didn't know and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I had the, um, honor, I guess, um, humbled to, to serve an advisor to that program for two cohorts that were embedded with Miami Dade, uh, fire rescue from Saudi Aramco, which is a large, one of the largest, I believe, petroleum companies in the, in the world, they have their own firefighting force. Um, but I, you know, and I, and I watch our U.S. fire administrator has uh, traveled um, to uh, Israel and other comp- countries, um, looking at um, what their practices are. And, and I think um, you know sometimes we get myopic, right? So we um, we we look within um, as opposed to um, climbing up a little higher, getting on the mountaintop. Um, you know, cancer is a, maybe a, a, another example. I mean, if you look at uh, European um, rates of cancer, uh, arguably they're much lower um, than uh, United States firefighter cancer rates. And that's our ADT alarm system in the background sounding off. <laughs> the wolf pack. Um, you know, and, and I think if you peel it back, um, maybe they're a little ahead of us on um decontamination, exposure reduction. I think their tactics, you know, are, are largely different as well. They don't do as much interior firefighting operation. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess a long-winded answer to your short question is I, I think we probably need to do a better job, not just looking outside the American fire service and, and sharing um, best practices, um, but even, you know, I would say go so far as to say outside industry, right? Um, you yeah. know, there's a lot of industries, whether that's, you know, the military or service industries or other, other industries that we can probably, you know, when we talk about recruitment and retention issues, well, we're not the only ones that, you know, have dealt with this over the years. When we talk about, you know, how do we, uh, how do we migrate, you know, technologies and use, you know, real-time data to help with decision-making and planning, um, you know, there's a whole world out there outside of, first responder community um, that has maybe already tackled this and rather than redoing it. So I, I think, um, you know, that's where you have programs, uh, you know, uh, Harvard runs a, 
uh, a governmental fellowship program, uh, the Naval Postgraduate uh, School out in Monterey, California, um, runs a, a certificate program and a master's degree that blends not just leaders in the fire service, but leaders throughout all different types of industries. So um, great, great question. And I would encourage you, I, you know, I see it on the American uh, fire service, you know, the IFC has a, I think it's called knowledge net where it's a, it's a list server that, you know, pretty much you can go on and say, Hey, we're dealing with this issue in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, has anyone else, um, had this issue and tackled it and what was the what was the solution and are you willing to share and and maybe it exists i'm not aware of it but you know that same type of virtual community perhaps should be applied globally very interesting yeah yeah well i i want to toss out something that is your question that you end your podcasts uh every time putting you on the spot should have given no, you a heads up up front though <laughs> should have given you a heads up on this one i get the 30 seconds so chafe if you could give one pearl of wisdom to fire leaders out there and i think maybe talk you know whether it's uh, their organizational culture or or anything when it comes to this health and wellness or what they can do to help keep their eye on the ball or help move, help others move the needle towards more favorable behavioral health, anything like that. What pearl of wisdom do you have out there to share? You know, this is, uh, this is not mine. It's simply passed on from um, those wiser than myself. So I, I think in any business service operation, um, you know, majority of what we do um, deals with people. Um, and if we're not successful um, on that front, the service or the product that we're charged with providing probably suffers. Um, so, you know, a wise mentor, um, and, and I believe, you know, took this from another wise mentor um, to pass on. But, you know, people, um, you know, titles, ranks, they will come and go. Um, you know, people uh, typically won't remember what your accomplishments are. Um, they won't remember um, what you established, or what you built, um, but what they will remember um, is how you treated them. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think, you know, to me that's stuck in the back because whether you're, you know, a day one recruit firefighter, whether you're a company officer, um, you know, a, a chief officer, um, ultimately, if we're not um, treating the people, I mean, Alan Bernasini is so simplistically used to just say, be nice. Um, you know, so um, to me, if, if we can get that teed up and deliver that uh, on a consistent basis, um, most other things will fall into place, right? You've got a team around you that if they feel valued and feel um, cared for and, and secure, um, they will take care of all the technical pieces. They'll make sure your apparatus are running. They'll make sure that the latest and greatest equipment is, is um, you know, where it needs to be. Um, and if that's how they feel, that's how they'll treat the customer, you know, so which in our business is, you know, the community members, which we're charged with serving. So yeah, um, I, I hope that helps. I mean, that's been my um, one, one lesson. It hasn't been one that, um, I didn't learn without, you know, cutting some teeth on, if you will, along the way. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, I'm glad that I had a mentor that pulled me aside. And in part of that, it really changed my leadership style. Outstanding. And thank you for that. And 
I think we started off the program talking a little bit. Uh, you want you have anyone you want to tee up? Uh, we have coming up uh, here shortly, right? Yeah, I think we've got um, this is going to be a great one for those of you. I don't know, if, uh, Donnie, I think you said you've heard uh, Dr. David Griffin from uh, Charleston Fire Department. Yes. Um, very, very compelling um, experience and um, journey that he's had um, in particular, starting with the uh, the SOFA um, fire that lost uh, a number uh, of the Charleston Fire Department that perished in that. Um, and he went through his personal journey. Um, he shared that with with uh, throughout fire service across uh, not only America, but beyond. Um, and it is now in a leadership position uh, in the Charleston Fire Department. So we've got him teed up. I have uh, also uh, extended an invitation to uh, uh, Rich Merrill, Chief Rich Merrill, who uh, is uh, Dr. Lori Moore Merrill's husband, recently retired uh, from the Office of Fire Chief up in Fairfax County. I know we had John Butler, the uh, Fairfax County Fire Chief on previously, but Rich is now doing some tremendous work for uh, Preet Bassey in the Center for Public Safety Excellence, mm -hmm. uh, helping agencies uh, move the needle within their own departments and organizations to um, improve their performance. Um, so he's going to come on and, and talk about um, some of the things that they're doing and, um, you know, how your organization can consider uh, pursuing accreditation and uh, um, what that journey looks like and, and what are the benefits really that he's seen um, within departments that he's worked with across the country. All right. Outstanding. All right. I think that pretty much is going to be a wrap for this podcast. And let me turn it unless you have any other uh, final words. No, I just want to wish everyone a happy uh, new year. Stay safe out there. We're looking forward to having a bunch of guests on this year. And um, if there's guests that you as listeners um, have or you'd like to be considered to come on the, the podcast just to reach out to either Donnie or myself we're always looking for um, you know folks that are willing to share their their talent and wisdom uh, with with their brother and sisters in the first responder community absolutely all right Todd we'll uh, catch up to you in person in a couple of weeks at FDSOA and uh, to everyone have a happy new year